Welcome, everyone. This is the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, the head bum in charge, along with Baloney, the Southside Bums on assignment this week. But we want to welcome everyone to our Fantasy Football Spectacular show. We have a very special guest, uh, John Debari, who's going to be joining us uh, in a few minutes here to talk all things fantasy football with you guys. But before we get into the to the weeds of some good old fashioned fantasy talk and some pre draft rankings, we got uh, me and Baloney here got to talk about the shit show that was the Chicago Bears this weekend, the lakefront. We we were hoping that this was going to be the revenge on Mitch for all the the pain and suffering he put us through and he basically gave us more pain and suffering but just on the other end of the stick and he fucking had his revenge game <laughs> he uh he took us to the woodshed the bills took us to the woodshed it was uh i mean i, I said it last week and i'll say it this week i hate these saturday afternoon preseason games um the game started at noon and by like 12:15. I was ready to turn the TV off. It was brutal. Um, no, thank you, Matt Nagy. No, thank you, Andy Dalton. I'm not interested in any of the bullshit you two are selling. No. Oh my God. Like, is if is that the Mitch that everyone thought he could be if we actually had legit coaching and staff around him? I mean, I don't. I don't. I know like Roquan, Roquan wasn't playing and Khalil didn't play a lot of the the first quarter and the first half and uh but that was just painful like i'm kind of i hope i really hope that that defense was just being vanilla well yeah I, i'm not on, worried about the Saturday. defense i'm not worried about you know like anything sean to say has to do because like you said you don't want to show much it's still preseason we we still have to throw out that caveat that it's preseason yeah but it just seems like this offense and it's the same thing we've been complaining about for years is that we talked about like Matt Nagy has to unleash his offense and he's been hamstrung by Mitch Trubisky. Maybe that wasn't the case. No. Maybe Mitch Trubisky was hamstrung by Matt Nagy and it's just tough, man. It's Andy Dalton was more of the same. Like they couldn't get first downs at all. And yeah, obviously like the bills and uh, Brian Dable, Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the bills, much better coach than Matt Nagy. So yeah, of course it's preseason, this and that, but Mitch looked good. And uh, he's in a much better situation now than he is. He was with the, with the bears because I have no faith in Matt Nagy. And that's what scares me. Like yeah. we, we have, we'll talk about Justin Fields and the high that can be, but with Matt Nagy at the, Home, it, it just seems like more of the same. And like you said, it's preseason. I don't want to get too worked up over a preseason game, but I, I texted you. I don't think I've ever been more depressed watching a preseason game than I have been because it, it just, just watching it, watching Mitch just, you know, make those throws on the run and hitting receivers, you know, up, up between the, t the, the tackles and everything. Like, my God, like, all during his last two years, those were, those balls were thrown high, thrown low. He's scrambling. He's taking sacks. Like, yeah. uh, well, that and the whole thing of like, okay, Mitch wasn't the answer. We kind of knew that Mitch wasn't the answer, but neither is Andy Dalton. And that's the same thing we've been talking about since Andy Dalton yeah. signed with the bears. And the My fact God. that Matt Nagy keeps reiterating that it's Andy Dalton's team. And like, 
he wants to see Andy Dalton I, in, the, in the regular season. I tweeted it out. Andy Dalton started, what, 120-something games in the NFL? You know what Andy Dalton is. You yes. don't need to see them in the regular season. No. Well, nobody wants to see him. You want to see what Justin Fields can do against some ones. That's what you want to see. I mean, he came in there in a sec. Everyone thought, okay, maybe he'll Dalton will play a quarter or whatever. He went that whole first half, and that offense was god-awful. And he's still saying that he's going to be the week one starter after that. And I think that, I think that's what pissed me off the most because – I mean, Fields came in there and he, I mean, he didn't light up anything like he was last week, but he did make some great throws. You can see the scrambling when the pocket collapses and he make it, he's making moves with his legs, you know, a couple passes were what you expect from, you know, like a rookie quarterback. Um, but just too many three and outs with Andy Dalton. And if that's what they have to face against that bills defense, which didn't have some of their starters on there, got, kept Andy Dalton in check. My God, I can't even, I don't even want to know what Errol Donaldson and all those guys are going to do week one. I mean, Aaron Donald's going to, ha- he's going to eat Andy Dalton for dinner. Yeah. I was going to say lunch, but it's a Sunday night game. And I'm, I'm afraid Donald, we're going to be the prime, sorry. the prime time spotlight. And he's going to be eaten. He's going to be eaten well that day because Andy Dalton, he's just not a playmaker. And that's what J- Justin Fields is. And I know, yeah, you don't want to put him out there. The offensive line still shaky, doesn't look good. More penalties, same thing as well. Last and week. also, Taven, Tevin Jenkins. Now he's going to be potentially out for the maybe the whole season with back surgery. They announced this yeah. week. That's not good. You know, he had he had back issues coming out of college. Uh, was he from Stanford? I think it was, or yeah, I can't remember. It, it, yeah, it doesn't, the, it doesn't matter. But it. Uh, I'm but it doesn't matter. Um, he had back issues coming out of college and. Bears decided that the medical records were still good. I don't know what doctors they employ, if it's, you know, Dr. Nick Riviera or who they, who they got looking at these, these meds, but um, yeah, didn't even really make it a full training camp. He's getting surgery now. Oklahoma state, but regardless of where he went, regardless of where he went, man, it's just like the thing I, I text you earlier in the, in the week is Chris Williams all over it. Like, We have high hopes for him. He looks good. The tape looks good. But, dude, back injuries are no bueno when you're his size and that young. It, it just, no, exactly. Like, he's not He's not a 30, 30-some-year-old 30 lineman already. He's 23, so, if that, you know. I mean, as much as we give Pace credit for what he did trading for trading down and getting Justin Fields, like, it's just another one of these head-scratching things is, like, how is it that, your team couldn't figure out that he had a bad back or that he wasn't going to be able to, because everyone was penciling him in as a starter. He's going to be our, our lineman for, for the next few years, dude, back injuries are no joke. And hopefully they've, they said that they expect them back, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, but you never know. They're saying, they're saying November potentially at the earliest, but you never know what, like you never know with back injuries. One, we, they, they didn't really say what his back injury was. Was it, you know, like herniated discs or whatever. I'm not a chiropractor, so I don't know besides anything besides <laughs> herniated discs. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, but no, they didn't really say what it was. So you don't know really the severity of it. He, yeah, he could miss, miss his whole rookie season. This is the same thing. Like it has, like we said with Chris Williams, but I mean, I'm just going back with, you know, like recent history with Kevin White and him missing his whole, the whole yeah. rookie season too, when they picked him at number seven. Um yeah, just pace just doesn't have good. We talked about this numerous times. He does not have good history with top draft picks. 
give him those four, fifth, six rounders. He, he finds some value. He gets some hits, but I mean, his, his first seconds picks have just not hit, clicked a lot. I mean, and obviously I'm not lumping Justin Fields into that because he looks like the next great savior, or the, the next, yeah. this, this, the windy city savior here. But um, it's, I'm, I'm kind of worried now because after what we saw Mitch do, are we going to be, am I going to have to start thinking that there's going to be a cap on Justin seal on Justin Fields ceiling here because Matt Nagy's oh, the coach. No, I mean, no. are, do we have, do we have Peyton Manning here, but we're going to be getting Alex Smith. I mean, don't that- put that juju on us. <laughs> I mean, I'm very excited about, we all are very excited about Justin Fields and yes, I'm worried about Matt Nagy, but uh, he looks so good, man. I mean, even, even this last preseason game you know he got lit up that one time and everybody I mean everybody was holding their breath but he just looks like he has it you know and I I don't know how to quantify it but he has it um he's got the swagger he's got the throw that pass that he had to Jesse James it was just a back he was like just the flick of the wrist and it's just we we've never seen that even even in the Jay Cutler years we just haven't seen that type of like you know effortlessness so yeah. hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I don't want, don't put that juju on us. Yeah. Well, there's no four preseason games anymore. It's only three. So who knows how much uh, Justin Fields is going to be playing next week. Hell at this point, I play Andy Dalton more just so he can get some more reps in or something. So he's not going to look like a fucking statue out there when the Rams defense starts collapsing in the pocket. I, I just, I, and I, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up the bears talk here, but I just hate the stubbornness of Matt Nagy. It's, I know it's just, it's, frustrating. It's, it's been, we've been playing this game for four years now and I'm fucking sick of the stubbornness. It's, it's, he's gotta be just eyes, eyes on the product, man. Everybody in the media sees it. Even the national media sees it. You know, there's a lot of the national football writers were saying Justin Fields, needs to be the guy who watch good morning, good morning football. All those guys on good morning football are saying Justin Fields. I mean, it's no secret. And and I think realistically, Matt Nagy knows this as well, but I mean, it's got to come sooner rather than later. Sure. Andy Dalton, let him start against LA, let him get eaten up by Aaron Donald in that defense. But I mean, by game two at home, Hopefully it's it's Justin Fields teams because I want to see what that kid does with the with the ones and I want to see him get some time with uh, Mooney and A Rob and and like the first team offense basically because he's got the talent we all know he has the talent yeah all right well that's the Bears talk very depressing as it I mean it's we, preseason we, we, yeah it's, it's preseason, pre-season game two and we're already motherfucking things it sucks yeah. dude but this is. Our fantasy football spectacular episode of the Bumcast. So we're going to take a quick 10-second break here. When we return, we are going to bring in our very special guest, John Debari from Dynasty League Football. He is going to be going over all of his um, pre-draft rankings. So we're going to be doing quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends. He's going to break it down for you why he likes the guys that he does. And we're going to also read some of our uh, questions that we got sent to us on our social media channels for people who had questions for him as well. So when we come back in a couple of seconds, we'll get the fantasy football spectacular show started. 
And we are back on the Fantasy Football Spectacular episode of the Bumcast, and we are very pleased to welcome a writer podcaster with Dynasty League Football and co-host of the Fantasy 40 podcast, our very special guest, John Dabari. John, welcome. Great to finally meet you and have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This will be kind of fun. A little, little local as a former Chicago, and this is uh, you know, a little different. Most of the pods that go on are explicitly specific to, you know, fantasy specifically dynasty so this will be fun yeah so we're we're not really going to be talking dynasty here but you know we are going to be talking redrafting fantasy league here um we got some you give us your rankings here we want to go over them obviously you know some of these guys are going to have them in dynasty leagues and we're actually in our fantasy football league ourselves we're thinking about converting to a dynasty league as well uh because we've been kind of doing it for a few years now we got got the same people consistently now so now we feel like we can convert to a dynasty league which is going to be kind of cool finally jump into that that deep end there um have you have you done one before no this is he uh peter so i am i am with one of uh one of our recurring guests he's actually my cousin javi he's got a long time um just keeper fantasy like dynasty league um so i've kind of you know like put my toes in the water the last five years or so and i really like it I really do, especially like how Jason said, our league is 16 years, going on 16 years, and it's the same bunch of knuckleheads. So it's like at, at some point, you kind of kind of quit the redraft stuff and, and kind of do something a little more long term. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to pick your brain. Yeah, I'm in. Cool, cool. Um, let's start with uh, quarterbacks here. Uh, obviously, we know who the top guys are. We You know, we got Mahomes, Kyler Murray. Lamar. Um, but first thing I want to ask you is who is the one quarterback who you're high on this year? Uh, I mean, for, for redraft, obviously the, the, the top names you'd mentioned Mahomes and Murray and Jackson, everybody's high on them. Uh, I'm a little, not low on Josh Allen. I mean, the top 12 is kind of the top 12 anywhere. As far as guys kind of coming out of nowhere, there, there aren't a lot of surprises. And truthfully, if you even go down to like the top, 15, 16, you, you could make a case for any of them finishing the top 12. Um, Jalen Hurts is somebody that a lot of people seem to be on the fence about. So he, he doesn't necessarily pass the eye test, but for fantasy, that doesn't matter. He's, he's going to get you points with your legs, and that's what he kind of at the top of quarterback rankings the last few years. The guys that are getting you those extra rushing yards and touchdowns are just so much more valuable than the guys who can't run. Even somebody like Brady, who does nothing with his legs, he, he's, you know, sneaking around that low end QB one territory for the most part, the top of it, you know, Justin Herbert and, and being a Chicago potter to make people sick, but even Aaron Rodgers, he does a little enough with his legs to get you a little bonus, despite the fact that he's also throwing 40 in the air. So th- there's no real sleepers at the top. Like I said, Jalen hurts is the one guy, that I've heard a lot of people down on this year, but he's, he's got the job. Flacco looks terrible and and Hertz is going to do enough with his legs to at least keep himself in the running for being fantasy relevant. So I got someone, um, I guess he's your number 11 quarterback. We've seen him a lot. Matt Stafford. um, He's on the Rams now. Um, That's someone, or I feel like he's in a perfect position this year and everyone's expecting him to do um, a lot more and the Rams to go a lot farther this year. Um, any reason you have him outside the top 10? 
you know, I actually bumped him up after Akers got hurt. I, I wasn't, I'm not as enamored with McVay as a lot of people are. I don't think he's the, the genius we saw. And, and that once that the Patriots kind of picked him apart in the Super Bowl, other teams defensively kind of piggybacked off the, the Patriots blueprints and, and they haven't been the same offense that we saw early and, and people chalked it up to golf, but I just think people have figured out what they do. Um, Stafford is obviously a big step up over golf, but I, I think just volume wise, I, I think Henderson stinks. Um, and without acres there, they're going to be forced to throw a lot more. So I think he's just going to volume his way into that. But, but I, I mean, top 10, you know, you kind of get in tears with these guys. I, I could swap yeah. him with Brady and put him right in there at 10 and Brady at 11, but I, I think he gets a lot of more volume than we were expecting because the their running game is going to be abysmal, I think. Yeah, so we'll just read off your top 12 here real quick uh, for the listeners. We got Mahomes, Murray, Lamar Jackson, Dak, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Jalen Hurts, Brady Stafford, and then Joe Burrow rounding out the top 12 here. Um, saw you got Trevor Lawrence at number 14. Like, very high on him um so i guess you got him as the best as the rookies and then you saw you kind of got the other guys down like justin fields and mac jones trey lance the bottom around the late 20s early 30s uh so you think that trevor lawrence definitely is going to be the, the cream of the crop there on the rookies well part of it especially especially for for redraft for just talking what i see for this season so lawrence is and, and Wilson is the second highest, I believe, just quick scanning it. I think those yes. are the guys who are going to start 16 games. So I, that's why they're a lot higher. I'm lower on Fields and um, Trey Lance and, and Mac because I don't think they start even most of the season. I, as, as much as everybody loves Fields and, and Lance, I don't think the Bears or the Niners are in a rush to get either one of them on the field. And I think, I think the Patriots want to see Mac Jones on the field, but I think Newton's going to do enough to keep them off for a while. So I, I just have them lower and they're pretty close to the guys ahead of them also. Cause I think they end up splitting the year a little bit. So I know preseason just preseason, but it seems like people in New York are kind of falling in love with Zach Wilson's first two games. Um, has that changed your perspective at all? I haven't seen any of the jets games yet. Um, I actually really liked Wilson. He was, I had him ranked number two, in this class coming in. I, I don't, you know, we, we talked before we started recording about <laughs> uh, Adam Gase. So just what the Jets yeah. have done in recent history under Gase, it just gives you a, a bad taste in your mouth about the Jets overall, even though it's got a whole new, you know, a whole new coaching staff in place. It does kind of make you go, oh, do I want the Jets quarterback? But I think Wilson's in a good spot. I think his big knock for his career in the NFL is going to be injuries. I don't, I don't see him being a guy who's long for the NFL. I just suspect he's going to get banged up too much. But if they protect him, I, I, I'm, I, I like him. Like I said, I haven't seen much of the preseason from the Jets yet, but I think he's got pretty high upside. I mean, I think the comp yeah. a lot of people had for him, you know, where the combine would have been, been this year but around that time of year people were saying he, he's got a little pat mahomes to his game which i i don't see that but other people do so I, I i like his upside i think he's got a lot of upside it's good uh so you have deck listed number four i mean are we realistically can we expect him to return to form coming off that gruesome 
injury or are we just are you ranking him here for for past uh, experience? Yeah, I'm starting to get more scared about the shoulder instead of the ankle. Yeah. I mean, we still haven't seen yeah. him yet. He's still still a little banged up with the shoulder. The so if he doesn't get any playing time where he can kind of start trusting that ankle again, if the shoulder's what's holding him out, I, I think he may have a rusty start to the beginning of the year. But I he's just at four because we've seen it in the past with him and it's hard to argue against his weapons. I mean, you going to have a hard time convincing me that he doesn't have the best three wide receivers. Both of his tight ends. I like, I actually like Schultz more than Jarwin and he's got Zeke out of the backfield and, and Tony Pollard, who I think is probably the best backup running back in football. So even if he is a little rusty, even if his shoulder isn't hundred percent, his ankle is hundred percent, he's got the weapons around him that he can, even at less than a hundred percent, he should be able to put up some decent numbers. Yeah. Another guy coming off injury. And I think he's going to be in a position to throw a lot this season. Uh, Joe Burrow. You, you saw, we all saw what he could do um, before he got hurt and he was having a hell of a year. Um, any, um, any thoughts on Joe Burrow? I'm actually similar to, to Dak. I'm a little worried too. We haven't seen him yet. I heard an interview with him the other day. Uh, I was driving around in my car and he, they asked him when he's going to get on the field. And he's like, well, not, not a question for me up to the medical staff. So, I mean, I, I don't know when he's going to be officially cleared and to get hit by, you know, opposing defenses and their offensive line is garbage. So th yeah. they did very yeah. little to improve it. I, I think the, one of their early picks just blew his ACL for the year. So now they lost somebody else on the offensive line. So assuming he's not fully ready and he gets out there with, you know, a shitty offensive line, he could get banged up again. The, the, the Bengals can end up <laughs> ruining his career. Yeah. Um, I got one here for you. I've seen a lot of other pre-draft rankings who in the top seven have Ryan Tannehill. Because mostly because I think of the additional with Julio coming in that I still think the Titans are a run first team. And I think him at 13 might as you have him might be a little appropriate here. Cause I, I mean, there's been questions about Derrick Henry's workload and we'll get into that when we talk running backs, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I, even with all those weapons, I mean, they lost John U. Smith, you know, he left, but I still think this is a run first team, even when everyone's very high on Tannehill right now. Yeah, and I agree completely. I think they're, they, that offense goes through Derrick Henry, especially as the year goes on. They, they did add Julio Jones, but, I mean, there, there's only one football to go around. So he's you can only throw it to one guy. It's not like he gets to throw two balls on every play. And he's just been extremely efficient. I, I think, you know, uh, if you miss the other guys, he's a fine grab there at the you know end of the first, early second. I, I have no problem with him as the guy – you know, in that range, but yeah, he's got the upside due to his weapons, but I, I just don't see him voluming his way into that QB one territory. Yeah, I agree. Peter, you have anything quarterback wise? I think, I think that's full. I mean, we can only, I mean, typically we're, we're only drafting one quarterback. So I yeah. think that's plenty quarterback talk. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to actually save the uh, running back talk for last. I feel like that's the creme de la creme. I mean, yeah, meat, meat, meat potatoes. potatoes. So yeah. let's let's do some wide receiver and tight end talk here. Um, I mean, I'll just go down your wide receiver list here. Give you the top twelve here. Obviously, we got 
Tariq, Safan Diggs, Ridley, Devontae Adams, uh, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaughlin, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb, Allen Robinson, Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf. Um, the first thing that jumped out at me is you're, uh, you're not, you don't have uh, Adams as your number one guy. Any, any reason for that? Just You know, he – you can obviously make a case. I, I think this is going to be the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour year. So oh, the, yeah. there's a chance he just goes scorched earth and, and peppers Adams because, I mean, Valdez Scantling is reportedly having a good camp, but I don't think a lot of that's going to go through him. Um, so th- there's absolutely a case for him. I, I just like the other guys more. I mean, that's kind of my tier one there. So if you scramble them in any order, I, I, I can – understand why somebody would have Adams first. I don't, I don't, I'm not down on him because he's number four. I mean, he's, he's, you know, okay. we're talking <laughs> top four wide receiver. So you yeah. just mentioned Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. I just want to point out that there's an opening as Jeopardy host. Once again, if he's interested in that, there's a job <laughs> opening. We've seen him enough in the NFC North. If he wants to go ahead and take that job, I wouldn't mind it. Um, but um, looking at your rankings, I had the first thing I, I feel like this happened two, three years ago, but it feels like forever ago. But Julio in Tennessee, um, he he got he moved to Tennessee. Everyone's like, at least at that time, was up in arms about it. Um, what do you see his production at? Because we've seen I, I've been Jason. I know you mother F him because his injuries and everything like that. I get burned right. by him every year. I, I, you know, I grab so him we, and then he, he gets, he has those games where he, he gets you 30, 50 points. And then he has those games where he gets you five. And I mean, he's just been, as everyone says, he doesn't get the touchdowns. So get some, he'll get the catches and the, and the yards, but he doesn't put up a lot of TDs and AJ Brown's been the guy there for a while. So. So yeah, that's what I, basically, what do you expect of Julio in Tennessee? I think it's going to be more the same. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. What, what we've seen from him historically, he, he gets tons of volume. He gets the receptions. He gets the yards. But we don't see him get in the end zone a ton. So I, I suspect that's going to be the case again. They're going to look for Ferkser in the end zone. I, I think uh, Brown is obviously going to command a, a big share of those red zone looks too. Is it possible Julio finally has a, you know, big touchdown year absolutely but you know he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy he hasn't missed a ton of games but the guy does get banged up a lot I mean it's just kind of the, the thing with these big bodied wide receivers so I don't he I could see a resurgence here he's somebody in, in you mentioned dynasty leagues in the beginning I'm trying to move him if I can in dynasty leagues well his value's got a little a small spike here to get out of there because you know, with age and the injuries and everything combined, he's he's not long for the NFL at this point. He's definitely on the downside. Yeah, and I think, like you like we said earlier, that's still a run first team in my opinion. And I think AJ Brown is going to be the de facto number one guy because we hit. I mean, when was the last time we seen Julio play full sixteen games? Anyways, been what three and- four years. Julio's presence doesn't help Julio. Julio's presence helps AJ Brown. I mean, teams can't (laughs) double AJ Brown. There's other things they have to do now to to account for Julio. So I I think AJ Brown is the bigger winner between the two of them. I think Julio showing up helps AJ Brown more than Julio playing with AJ Brown helps Julio. Yeah. Um, Let's a couple questions here. I got for you. Uh, Let's talk a little Pittsburgh here. We, you know, you, I see you got, uh, 
Juju Smith, you know, at 27 here and you got Chase at 32. Is this just more of not enough ball to go around to those to, with the Steelers? I love Deontay Johnson. So that's yeah. <laughs> my own personal bias there. So I have uh, Deontay up at 18 and then Juju's 27 and Claypool at 32. Yeah. So that's just the way I prefer them. Uh, Juju had some horrific depth of target last year. It was like seven yards or something ridiculously low. And I, I think a large part of that was just Ben sucking and, and short arming the ball when his elbow was banged up and, and Claypool, I didn't like coming out. I think I'm, I'm leaning more towards one year wonder. Could he do similar stuff again? And, and most of that was built on those couple massive games. He had, he had that one yeah. four touchdown, I think. Yeah, and then yeah, another, it was a gigantic three touchdown or mixed in there. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of Claypool's totals came in very few games which could be the case. He might just end up being that kind of guy. I mean, we, we see there's tons of guys like that, you know, who have these big splash games and then do nothing. So I, I like, I, I, I always like Johnston. I think he's the best receiver out of the group and, and, and Juju, you know, in PPR scoring, I think he's going to get the volume again. And if he just kind of reverts to old Juju, he, he's obviously going to do a lot better than we've seen in recent years. All right. So I got our first listener question. Shout out Charlie. Um, since we're talking wide receivers, I'll just add this here. So it says, uh, who is a wide receiver three or four that can make the jump into the one or two category? So looking That's deeper funny. into the wide receivers. Um, yeah, we'd actually, on my podcast, we, uh, two of the most recent episodes, we did guys that we think are going to fall down a tier or two this year and guys we're going to think are going to move up a tier. So we, we'd kind of been looking at this. Um, as far as guys that are current wide receiver threes, Cortland Sutton, I mean, their quarterback situation is uh, terrible in Denver, but <laughs> Sutton, even coming off the injury, I mean, granted, any highlights you see are, are highlights, and everybody's got a good highlight reel, but Sutton just seems like a NFL alpha receiver, so he's a, a wide receiver three that I could see easily sneak into the wide receiver two territory. Antonio Brown, we've seen be the wide receiver one, and he's, for me, I have him down in this range, but you know, Brady just likes him. If there's anything we've learned from Brady over 20 years of watching him play, if he likes somebody and trusts him, he's going to force feed them the ball. So Antonio Brown could even leap up into that. You know, if Antonio Brown ended up wide receiver 11 at the end of the year, I don't think anybody would be yeah. amazed by it. So I, I think just where he's playing with um, then the, the wide receiver four territory, Jacoby Myers, I don't know what it's going to be like when Mac Jones takes over, but Cam Newton loves peppering him with the ball. LaVisca Chenault is a guy who's going to be real boomer bust. He's either going to really overperform or underperform. I'm not quite sure, but if they use him, you know, a few, few rushing attempts a game and get him kind of the ball in space, I like what he can do in Jacksonville. And Corey Davis, who I loved coming out and then kind of disappointed in Tennessee, but we already mentioned they're kind of – you know, lackluster passing game while he was there. He seems to be getting a lot of targets, even though, uh, what's his name? Elijah Moore isn't in the lineup right now. But Davis is now the number one in a passing game on a team who went out of their way to bring him in. And they're, they're going to be a little more pass heavy than he's accustomed to. So Davis could take a little step up too this year. Uh, I got one for you here. And we know Drew Brees is gone now. Michael Thomas, what can we expect from, I mean, are we all, are we all fading him now to, to the lower ranks with his injury history, but you know, and no breeze. 
you know, and the off-field stuff or his, you know, problems yeah. with the coaching staff and front office, there's just a ton of red flags. You know, they wanted him to get this surgery as soon as the season ended. And he waits to, you know, the week before the preseason game starts. So he's going to be out for weeks. So, I mean, you're, you're talking, what, maybe six weeks out? This is a 17-game yeah, season. case scenario. Yeah. So you might only get 11 games of him. And we don't know even what he's going to look like with Hill kind of peppered him a little bit last year and who knows what this team looks like if they go with Winston. So with the mysteries at quarterback and him missing the first chunk of the season and his problems with the front office and his problems with the coaching staff, to me, there's just too many red flags. I mean, obviously the upside is there, but I'm not looking to take that risk. Yeah, there was a report of him not answering the phone calls for like yeah, weeks no. at a time or something yes, like that. It's no. crazy. <laughs> and what, what's what's crazy is that he, in span of two years, he went from, you know, like back end first round pick to maybe your third or fourth wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I I'm not touching him. I'm not no, touching I don't, him. I don't think like, I, I don't think I yeah. am too. Say, same thing with uh, AJ Green. I don't think. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he hasn't he's been old and. Yeah. old and dead even in a um, new spot but we, we've seen guys just fall off the cliff i mean michael thomas might just be the next one it happened uh odell beckham who i think has a good year this year but i mean that guy was the pretty much consensus wide receiver one for a couple years where's he and look at Gurley. people were still drafting Gurley relatively early a year ago yeah. two two or yeah. three years ago overall number one pick in most leagues he's washing cars <laughs> So you uh, mentioned, um, sorry, you mentioned okay. Denver um, and their quarterback situation. Personally, uh, in that previous uh, keeper league that we talked, I have a possibility of keeping Jerry Judy. I was really high on him coming out of college. Um, and then obviously, you know, so-so first year. Um, any thoughts on Jerry Judy? I'm not as high as him uh, as other people. I mean, he's a very good route runner. I think, I think he's a good Number two with Sutton, I, I think they're a good combination to play with each other. But their problem is quarterback play. Whether they go with Locke or Bridgewater, it, they're not – no one's getting excited about that. It's not like, you know, they're, they're in Jacksonville and they brought in Trevor Lawrence. You go, ooh, this could be something. I mean, they, they have – what do I have them ranked? 35th and 37th? So they're, they're two starters that I yeah. have ranked outside of – 32 so uh, they're they're going to be they, they could still be fantasy relevant but they're always going to be held back by their quarterback play uh so my question then was tampa i mean everyone's probably thinking are we are we running it back with mike evans um every, they brought everyone back obviously antonio brown um what do you is this same thing as last year just too many balls to go around between all the receiving core yeah, I mean, that's why I don't have anybody in that wide receiver one tier, but they're all in this wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three thing. Um, but yeah, there's just not enough balls going around, and, I, and they brought in Gio Bernard. He's going to be a big part of this passing game. They, you know, Gronkowski's back, and I'm, I would assume he's going to be in better shape this year than he was all of last year. O.J. Howard's back healthy. Cameron Brait they still rely on. So there's just a ton of balls to go around. So even the fact that all three of them are within the top – 25 to me i mean tells you a lot about what i think the volume is going to look like and how many points they're going to score yeah peter you have any more wide receivers none from the listeners none from myself 
Okay. I'll just say, um, what do we, from a Bears standpoint, Darnell Mooney, is he going to explode onto the scene? Is he a sleeper people should be targeting? You know, my uh, my podcast co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, he loves Mooney. He liked him coming out when the Bears got him late. He's like, keep an eye on Mooney. So he he's a huge fan. So he's kind of been in my ear about him since he was a rookie. Um, I mean, with the Bears getting rid of Anthony Miller, that they've opened up the depth chart for him. So th- there's really nobody else. I mean, who, who else did the Bears bring in? Demery Bird? I mean, yeah, they, I don't think it's, it's just Allen Robinson. Basically, it's going to be yeah, Allen Robinson. So, I mean, there, there's zero competition for targets there. So if he is even slightly competent as an NFL wide receiver, I think he'll be fine as a, I have him down in the wide receiver four territory, but yeah, he could be a wide receiver too. If, if they end up getting him more targets than we are expecting going into the year. Do you have a, uh, one more sleeper for wide receiver to give us or uh if you, i mean not not sleepers i mean again most people that watch football and are play fantasy kind of know the names but if you kind of dig down a little bit go in this wide receiver five territory um kind of a, a darling for a lot of the dynasty community but people that are just kind of familiar with with names in these recent draft terrence marshall on the panthers is somebody i love coming out i in some of my rankings, I was tweaking just the rookie rankings in the year. I had him ahead of Jamar Chase. So I think he may be the best receiver in this class. So he could have a, a breakout year. Obviously, we don't necessarily see rookies explode. And he's got Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore ahead of him. And I think Sam Darnold sucks. So he's got a few roadblocks yeah. to keep him from really breaking <laughs> yeah. out. And then and I, um, I, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think like, people are going to be reaching on Devonte Smith. I think you're going to see a lot of people taking him second or third round just because he came so highly ranked out of college, even though he's going to have Jalen hurts thrown to him. Yeah. People love him. And, and Ragers looked really good in camp and people completely forgot about him and wrote him yeah. off. I mean, he was an early pick a year ago and people, a lot of people that draft next really liked him. So, you know, another year under his belt, he had that wacky COVID off season last year. I, I like Rager a lot more than Smith, even though he's just a hair higher than him in the ranking, just because I don't necessarily trust the Eagles passing game. And then uh, another guy, again, it's a name people know, but Brian Edwards, I I liked him coming out. I thought he was better than, you know, Henry Ruggs. They took ahead of him in that draft, but Edwards just has that ridiculous breaking, you know, breaking computer models, breakout age. He broke out at age 17 in college in the SEC and, you know, kind, kind of, didn't, well, didn't do nothing, fell flat on his face as a rookie, but the Raiders really have a shitty receiving core. So Edwards yeah. can only go up if he's halfway competent and can do anything that we saw from him while he was in college, competing with other NFL caliber wide receivers. Edwards can take a huge step up this year. Yeah. All right, let's let's do some tight ends here real quick before we get into the running backs. Um, top, You got your top 12 for tight ends, Kelsey Waller, Kittle, Hawkinson, Noah Fant, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goldert, Jonu Smith, Logan Thomas, Tyler Higby, and Mike Gusecki. Yeah, I can never say his name. Gusecki? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so, I mean, with tight ends, I mean, yeah, obviously your Kelsey's going to go first round. People with always loved Kittle in the first round as well. I think Waller's probably can at, at some point probably put up numbers similar to Kelsey if Maybe not yeah. 
maybe not better. Cause I just think there's at times I know Kelsey's been that focal point of the offense for so many years, but they got a lot of targets too in, in Kansas City's, um, whereas Raiders don't. Um, so who do you, I mean, who do you like? I mean, obviously, besides your top 12 here, who's who's your favorite guy? Yeah, tight end, you've got like a clear top three. Then I think you've mm-hmm. got a clear, for most people, top five. And even though I have them ranked different, I, I think most people have Hawkinson and Andrews at four or five in, in some order. Then after that, it's, it's really just a, Good luck, which is why I, I fade court. I fade tight ends in my drafts. I don't save here Same. unless there's some fancy, you know, specialty tight end scoring t- tight end premium or something. I don't want any part of these guys. I mean, because you could scroll down, you can make a case for Dawson Knox to have a tight end one season. You can make a case for Adam Troutman for Cole Komet, even for somebody like Dan Arnold, who's free in drafts if he finished tight end 14, just based on getting some red zone looks and grabbing a handful of touchdowns in Carolina, doesn't shock me at all. One of the later guys that I actually really like is Mo Alley Cox. I mean, when Wentz was with Philly, he, you know, peppered Zach Ertz with the football. If that's wasn't necessarily play design, but where he likes to go with the football, Mo Alley Cox is free. And there's no reason if, if Wentz targets is the tight end and Indy's wide receivers kind of suck on paper. There's and no I saw reason. You had, you had T.Y. Hilton all the way at the bottom there. Yeah. Where he belongs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and all the other guys too. I mean, I'm not super high on uh, Paris Campbell or uh, what's his name? Pittman. That, so to me, the tight ends there, and I, I like Doyle less than Moyle Cox, but I think Mo Alley Cox is super athletic and is more of a, a red zone weapon. If he just gets in the end zone eight times, he's probably flirting with that tight end 12 area. So to me, I always love waiting on tight ends and getting these late round guys and just streaming them. You know, you could just get three, the last three rounds of your draft, take three tight ends and then throughout the season, just play tight end matchups there. Cause yeah. there are teams every year that historically are just shit at covering the tight end. So you can exploit that every year. Some, some teams just don't have the personnel to cover tight ends. So um, other guys that I like kind of sleepery, I love Gerald Everett this year. I mean, the, the Seahawks have, when Jimmy Graham was there, when Will Disley had a couple of good games over the years, they've used their tight end effectively. Gerald Everett, super athletic, didn't do much with the Rams, but coming in here, I mean, what's his competition? I, I don't think Will Disley's any competition. So I think Everett could be a real breakout candidate. Um, and I love Johnu Smith. I liked him in yeah, Tennessee. I, did too. I had him in a couple yeah. leagues last year. Yeah. And, and I liked him going to, I don't know if you've ever seen any of the quotes from Belichick on Johnu Smith. You think it's his kid. There's nothing but glowing reviews from him I, before the Patriots even signed him. So I think he, well, you know, a lot of people love Hunter Henry because he had some good years in, in San Diego and in LA with the chargers. So when he landed there, the, took the attention off Smith and be like, "Ooh, get Hunter Henry." To me, I'm still going. That's, Smith that's my. That was my next question to you: was who, which one of those? Yeah, obviously you have Janu Smith higher, but can Henry produce similar numbers? You think? Um, what to Janu? Like, are they? Yeah, would they be yeah, similar with, at the end in of the that, year in the Belichick offense. 
Yeah, I think so. But Henry's already banged up and I don't think he's ever played a full 16 game season. So you want to add an extra game to it also for him to miss. That's fine. So I I think Henry, (laughs) yeah, he, I think he ends up missing some time as he always does. And and I think they're going to scheme for John Smith and he was getting rushing attempts I've seen in camp. So they have something up their sleeve for, for John. I I think people are seeing that and getting flashbacks to Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. And I think, some people yeah. probably might be might be reaching for both of those guys kind of early, which probably would help if you're trying to get some value with the tight end. Up uh, right. here, go ahead. So, so my first question isn't really a question. It's just I'm taking this time to just motherfuck Evan Ingram. Like <laughs> I've been burned by him so much the last two years, and I same thing that last keeper league. It's like I've heard so much hype about Evan Ingram, and now it's finally I, at least for you, you got him ranked proper appropriately because. I hate that guy. Yeah. And the thing with the giants is, you know, similar to Denver, everyone's hurt by their shitty quarterback play. So, (laughs) I mean, even if you like Ingram and again, if he gets in the end zone enough, he's going to be right at that low one tight end one, just because of the, the lack of depth at this position, but they brought in Galladay. They brought in, uh, what's his name? John Ross. They still have Sterling Shepard. They still have, um, forgetting some of the other names they have there because they all suck but i mean they they have a lot of names in the room and not a quarterback is going to get them all the ball they brought in you know kyle rudolph who isn't a threat to like ingram's job but he's still a, a serviceable tight end too they're still expecting to throw the ball to barkley so th- there's a lot of mouths to feed on an offense where the quarterback's not able to feed the mouths. um if you're if you're doing dynasty are you are you maybe reaching for Kyle Pitts for future? Um, again, that kind of depends on the league scoring. I mean, even in tight end premium, I'm not thinking of taking him. You know, first overall pick, which I've seen in some leagues, uh, and and similar, like I said about fading the the position in redraft, I kind of do in dynasty too because you're not going to get, you know, most rookie tight ends. You're you're waiting three years to get any real significant production out of them. I would rather, you know, you could throw darts at the tail end of your draft, which I did with, you know, a handful of rookies this year, hoping they might splash at the end of the year and and do something, but they're easy guys to cut off your roster if you have too many, but for me, same thing. I'd rather fade it and then try to trade for them in the season. All right. So we've been, um, we are the Chicago sports bums and you talked about tight end depth. Um, I've been critical of Cole Komet. Um, I know both guys aren't really, I mean, it's one of those Kokomet, Jimmy Graham, like they're both what ranked middle of the road or not even top 12. We had, so we, had like, we had half a podcast one time, just going back at how much Peter hated Kokomet. <laughs> well, well, and another reason I just don't like Notre Dame, to, but that's a whole nother story for another, another <laughs> podcast, but Kokomet, Jimmy Graham, any, any, you know, reason to draft either one again i mean depends on your your league settings um if, you, if you're waiting late you could do a lot worse than cole commit i mean we had mentioned you know the bears wide receivers there's there's two and there's no depth behind them so if, if commit can show anything he could be number three in targets uh, jimmy graham unfortunately i think does just enough to steal work from commit to really ever let him get those vultures on touchdowns the red zone yeah yeah, yeah. so 
I, I don't trust him necessarily for this year. I mean, let's see what kind of the Bears do in the next offseason when Graham gets out of there and, it, you know, Komet can get some of the better looks in this offense possibly. But um, I, I, I think the upside is there, but he's – you know, I, I don't, I don't trust Nagy or the Bears' offense. To be honest, <laughs> neither do <Correct>. we. No. <laughs> yeah, or as, as you should. So, um, all right, I think that's that's en- that's enough tight end talk for for a while here. Because um, yeah, it's just like you said, throwing darts at the wall. But now, getting to the meat and potatoes, as Peter said here, what everyone wants to hear the most about <laughs> is the running backs. Um, so I'm gonna go down your top twelve here again. Um, McCaffrey, Delvin Cook, Kamara. Chubb, Henry, Gibson, Aaron Jones, Zeke, Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, and then right outside of 12, you have Dave Montgomery and Najee Harris. Um, so my first question is, we're obviously, we're all running back McCaffrey on 2019 numbers, huh? Yeah. I, I, again, with Sam Darnold. Uh, God. Yeah, I mean, I think that the offense is just going to run through him like it has to. Even though I think their receiving core is better, I, I think it's just what they like to do. You have the best, arguably the best player in football outside of quarterbacks. There, there's no reason not to run your offense through him. Yeah, and I, I've seen a lot of other uh, rankings have, obviously, McCaffrey back in, in the number one spot. And, I mean, I think that's kind of risky coming off of, his me personally, I don't know if I would take him, but it all depends on where I'm drafting, you know, in my, in my league. I think I would, if I had a number one overall pick, I might myself go Delvin Cook. Um, I think people are going to be taking Henry number one, number two overall, but I think that volume workload is going to be an issue for Derrick Henry this year. So that was my first question. We talked about it. So I just want to talk about Derrick Henry's usage. We worried about it last year and he seemed to be fine about it, but eventually it's going to catch up, right? You would assume the only thing he's got going for him is that he is a giant monster of a human being. So yeah. if anybody's going to be able to take that kind of workload and not be affected by it, it's probably him out of all these top guys. I mean, if you think back years ago when they used to have tons of bell cow backs, I mean, Jerome Bettis had some ungodly carry numbers for years. He, he did shit with him. It was like <laughs> yards per carry was like three, but he just volumed his way into production and he very seldomly got hurt because he's just a, a, a big bodied guy. And that could be the case we see with Henry. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He had tons of carries in college too. And the, the numbers from high school, I, I haven't, I tried to look it up recently, but I couldn't find it. But I heard something like he's the all-time, he's the all-time high school carry guy too. So he's yeah. been getting the work. Yeah, he's just been running forever. Yeah, since he was thirteen. So, so I mean, honestly, if he hasn't broken down at this point, I, you know, in the back of your head, you're always worrying that eh, this this might be the year. But he may not. He may just keep this up until he's you know 30, 31, where he falls off the cliff like all these guys. Yeah. All right. So I got uh, I got two running back uh, listener questions, but the first one, I have to do this one first because it's from my wife. Uh, she's a huge Steelers fan, and it's how excited should Steelers fans be about Najee Harris, and what should they expect? Yeah. So the Steelers took him in the first round, so they're obviously going to use him heavily. They don't have anybody behind him who's really a, a, a threat to run the ball. Anthony McFarlane and, and Benny Snell Benny are Snell, not yeah. guys – 
who are going to get a ton of work in the running game to kind of take over for him. And it's kind of the, you know, I, I mentioned Jerome Bettis. It's kind of what the Steelers want to be. It's what they've always been. They would like to be a running team. My only concern with him and why I don't have him higher, because I think he sees the volume is their offensive line is probably the worst it's been in several years. So yeah, they I, let I go of a lot of guys. Yeah. So I don't know if he sees the blocking that he's going to need to really get a ton of uh, fantasy value. I think he value. I think he's going to get a ton of volume. I'd be excited for him. I know a lot of Debbie guys had him first overall in this class coming out. Um, But I, and, and, and I like him. I just, there's enough concerns, you know, if Ben gets banged up again, as he gets older, all their backups are terrible. I mean, Haskins is trash. uh, Rudolph is trash. So if, if anything happens to Ben, if this offensive line takes us another step back, I think that all hurts Harris. Yeah, I could, I could see a scenario for that. Um, Mike, I got a question here for, in regards to Kamara, you know, Breeze is gone. Obviously Michael Thomas won't be playing. And if he does, he might not be a hundred percent is everyone still high on Kamara. Is, is it, is he matchup proof or could there be a case made that, people might stack the box and slow and slow them down. I almost think the worse that team gets, the more they have to give him the ball. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, he, they, they use him a ton as a receiver out of the backfield that he doesn't get a ton of carries, but he could, there's no reason he can't get, you know, 200 carries and in, in that 100 target, 100 reception. reception. Range. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, who, with Thomas out of there, who do you trust? Deontay Harris? No. Callaway? No. You know, their their tight ends are okay, but they're they're unproven. So I think a lot of this offense is going to run through Kamara, and, and I don't think people – people were down on him, and, and I, I understood the reasons why, but I, I, I bumped him up because I, I think they're going to have – they have no choice. Yeah, I think it's running back by you, default. <laughs> yeah, you nailed yeah. it on the head. It's, I feel like they're just going to force back. feed him. He's going to run it twice. And on third down, he's going to have to catch the ball because he's going to be the yeah. guy. And he's so goddamn mm-hmm. smooth. Just to, just to see him run and catch like that, he's so good. Uh, obviously, everyone's high on him, but like he, he's damn good. Um, Next question here with in regards to Cleveland. We saw what Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt did last season. Is this full fledged? running back by committee going forward or is, is Nick Chubb still the main guy here? Yeah. I mean, they gave Chubb that big contract and yeah, I think Chubb, I mean, you know, Kamara does a lot of the backfields of pass catcher and, and, and Chubb caught the ball fine in college. I think Chubb is the best pure running back in the NFL. He, he's, I think he's the best running back in football. Now, obviously for fantasy, you need these, you know, uh, receiving yards and, and receptions to get some more fantasy points, receiving touchdowns. Um, I, I think it's going to be Chubb by a wide margin. Even when Chubb went down last year and Hunt got in there, who I also really like, but Hunt didn't do anything with the carries when he was getting the starter workload. So I think the team is, they committed the money to him. I think they're going to get Chubb involved even more. I think he's going to see a little more in the passing game. Hunt, I believe, is on a one-year deal, and uh, Cleveland drafted uh, – I'm going to 
butcher his name, Demetric Felton, I think was his name out of UCLA, if I'm not mistaken. And he, I think, is the guy that they're going to bring along to kind of be that um, running back two behind Chubb. But Hunt's good, and if they only have him on a one-year deal, there's no reason not to take some of the workload off Chubb and let Hunt take those hits, especially if they're planning on getting rid of him in a year. So I think Chubb is way ahead of Hunt, and I, I think Hunt could end up sneaking into that running back one territory again this year, but I, I think it's unlikely. Staying in that same division, I listened to uh, the Fantasy 40 podcast this week, and I love the um, basically the four-minute shot clock breakdown on both the <laughs> AFC and NFC. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, you guys were high on um, Joe Mixon and um, his situation in Cincinnati. Uh, I just wanted you to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so I, I've hated Mixon forever. Same. I've, nev- I've never been sold, and uh, my, my co-host has loved him forever. But this year, I mean, things are just lining up for him. There's nobody there. They they let go Gio Bernard, and they didn't address the position. And, you know, Chris Evans out of Michigan has looked decent in the preseason, but he doesn't have a ton of workload from Michigan, so we don't even really know what he's capable of. So Mixon has no one to take carries from him. As long as he's healthy – He's he it wouldn't shock me if he had the most touches out of running backs not named McCaffrey this year. I, I just think he volumes his way into a really good season because they have similar to Kamara, they have to. He hasn't there's no one there to compete with him out of that backfield. All right. So I I got Jason, I got a two-part question here, and it's okay. from one of our listeners, and it says, Are there any must-have running back handcuffs? or any running back situations to completely stay away from? Uh, for, for handcuffs, I don't like handcuffing. I would rather grab somebody else's handcuff. So, yeah. you know, if I, if I have Zeke, as much as I like Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard does nothing for me on my bench if Zeke is healthy. He's, he's worthless. But if I have – I hate him, but I'll just say – well, we'll go with somebody I like. I'd much rather have Zeke with Alexander Madison or uh, Delvin Cook with Tony Pollard. Because if the other guy goes down, now I've got two <laughs> starting running backs. The only thing that's good if I have Cook and Madison is I'm hoping for Cook to get hurt now. So I could get Madison in. So I don't like handcuffing. Uh, if that's I can smart, it. smart strategy. Yeah, I, I, I want other people's handcuffs. Yeah, and then you also I, I have love, trade bait. If, if something happens, throughout that's the year, exactly what I wanted to mention. Is I feel like if you if you handcuff someone else's running back, you have leverage for when that person gets hurt. You either start them or you have trade bait. Well, and even if they don't get hurt, let's say you need to, you know, with the COVID list, a lot of leagues have injured uh, injured reserve spots that they didn't have in previous seasons. If you had a guy in the IR and he comes back, you need to make roster space. You really like your roster. It's pretty easy to go to the Dalvin Cook owner and be like, hey, any interest in Matson? And then getting, you know, something in return for that guy. So I, I much rather have other people's handcuffs than my own. And what was the second part? The second part was any running back situations to completely stay away from. I mean, I feel like that's. It, it can, you can the go with. Yeah, you can, the Rams. I'm I'm in there. I know some people like uh, Henderson, but not me. Uh, reports out of Miami now. They're saying oh, we're going to have a three three headed running back committee. So 
now it's like it's pretty muddled for Gaskin and Malcolm Brown and, and Ahmed. So you can avoid them. I try not to get running backs on really trash teams like like Houston. So you know, do you want David Johnson and Philip Lindsay and you know what I mean? It's no. just kind of it's a muddy situation oh, and it's a team that you just don't see where the running back volume is going to come from. So and and also additionally obviously it depends on ADP and where you can get guys, but I don't really want any of the Tampa running backs. I'll take yeah. Gio Bernard late because he's seems to be the forgotten guy, but he, he's the one that I end up with the most of out of there. But Fournette is going to have his hot weeks where they ride him. The, the team likes Ronald Jones. They're going to get him involved some weeks more than others. And then Gio is going to come in and steal the receiving work from both of them. So to me, it, any place where there's not a, Define role for some of these guys. I'm I'm fading those situations. All right, my my question here is: um, last year, James Robinson, top five running back in fantasy. Now you have him ranked uh, 29. Um, what what's the reason for being low on Robinson this year? I, I don't trust Urban Meyer, and yeah. I loved so we loved Robinson coming out. But he went to Illinois State, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we loved him coming out and then he ends up going undrafted. So he fell in my rankings, ends up going to Jacksonville, who at the time had four nets. We're like, oh, he's buried behind him. Then they get rid of Fournette, and I would have had him ranked way higher had I known they would have cleared out the backfield. But and I have him, I have ATN right behind him at uh, 29. So yeah. I, I they took ATN in the first, they, they spent the draft capital on him. I think they use ATN. I don't know what Jacksonville is doing. And I, and I hate that situation because the way they probably would like to use ATN kind of probably eats into the work that I want them to give to LaVisca Chenault. So th- they have a lot of weapons. And until we start seeing how they use these guys and how Lawrence adjusts to the NFL, it's hard to really trust any of them. I do like Robinson, but I think as the year goes on, they're going to want to play with their new toy and, and see what ATN does because Urban Meyer's no connection to Robinson either. You know, he's past regime. They're paying him no money. They they have no reason to do anything with him. Yeah. yeah. And like I like I like Lavishka Chanel a lot. And I feel like realistically, he should be getting a couple carries. And that's just taken away from Etienne and uh Robinson. Yeah, it, it's until we see what they're gonna do on offense in the NFL, it, it's kind of a mess. I mean, it's hard to trust anyone. I mean, even, even at wide receiver, DJ Chark, and they brought in Marvin Jones, who was, I uh, forget the offensive coordinator, uh, Bevel, who played with Bevel in Detroit. So you could see a, a path where Jones gets a ton of targets, just being familiar with the system and the OC. Yeah. So until we see them on the field, it's hard to really know if you can trust any of them. Um. All right. For, for Bears fans here, we saw what David Montgomery can do last year. He was amazing. He, I think he finished uh, seventh or sixth or seventh overall in fantasy last year. He had that great second half of the season. Um, but now he's coming back or, and with Tariq Cohen. So do we have, are we going to get the same David Montgomery production this year? Or is Tariq Cohen really going to take away from that? Well, Cohen's still banged up. Yeah, he's still banged up. Uh, so I, I think, uh, what's his name? Damian. Damian Williams. And they got got Khalil Herbert. He's been getting a lot of run in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but he's looked I liked decent. him coming out. 
I yeah, like yeah. him too. I think he's a good. I think if they're willing, I think he'd be a good number two. I agree. Um, Montgomery, if you ever look at heading into the year, you know, a lot of people for fantasy will put out those strength of schedules and they'll, they'll say who's got the best running back schedule, who's got the best, you know, wide receiver, quarterback schedules. Before the year even started last year, I think Montgomery had one or two best um, fantasy schedules for the last whatever it was, four, five, six weeks of the season. So if you pay attention to those things, what he had coming up wasn't a secret. And then Cohen got banged up and missed time at the end, and he was the only show in town. So between volume and matchups, it, it was coming. And I, I know a lot of people in, in Dynasty were saying, in this offseason, dump Montgomery as quickly as you can because he, he's probably going to have the best stretch of his career right now. And then he ended up capitalizing on it, which is great for him. Um, so do I think he's going to be able to repeat what we saw last year? Not that ridiculous finish. No, but the bears, the bears do like him. There's no real competition here. You know, we don't even have a timeline yet on Tariq Cohen. Do we? Yeah. No. I, I haven't heard anything. <laughs> yeah, well, so that, and I will know. I will preface. Sorry. It was like, I will preface this by saying that Matt Nagy at times just forgets that he has running backs. So he could go quarters at a time without getting the ball. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, Damian Williams was a Kansas city guy. I, I believe he mm-hmm. was there while Nagy was there. So he's familiar yeah. with the system. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get a little more work than other people expect, but I, I think Montgomery's safe. I don't, I wouldn't avoid him. Yeah. Um, Saquon Barkley reason to not expect much this year from him coming off that injury i mean he was still banged up until very late into camp he wasn't even you know there was talk about him i think he even did start on the pup list so and he gave a lot of elusive answers about how he's feeling how things are coming along i don't think he's close to 100 at all and i think the team you know, they, they invested so much into him. They have to be careful. So, and they brought in uh, who Devante Booker, I believe. And and I, I think Booker's a more than capable fill in until he's ready. So they're, they're not going to be obligated to rush him along either. But again, if you're a, an opposing defensive coordinator, are you going to try to stop Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones? So yeah. I, I think he's going to be in some terrible situations when he is even, I, I think he starts the year. He's not healthy. I think they limit his touches. I think when he is healthy, defenses are going to key in on him because Jones sucks. And on top of it all, they have awful uh, Jason Garrett as their OC. So I, I think he's going to oh. disappoint a lot of fantasy owners this year. Yeah. I mean, I had him a couple of years ago and all you saw was just stack the box. Yeah. That's all you, you have a question, Peter. Uh, no, no more running back questions, at least not from the listeners. Um, but I do have some um, just random fantasy football questions if you guys are ready to go to that. Well, I have. OK, before we get to that, um, two, I got two more questions for you. One, which of the rookie running backs from last season is going to take that that big leap this year? I would look at the J.K. Dobbins for potentially moving up. Well, I'll, or, I'll, you know, I'll you have Jonathan pivot, Taylor in the top. I'll pivot t- the off the 10. big names. I'll pivot off the big names and Antonio Gibson. I I loved him coming into the league. I think he got used to playing 
I mean, he, he was mainly a wide receiver at Memphis. He got used to playing running back in the NFL. And his touches at Memphis, it was nuts. It was something like a touchdown every seven carries or seven touches. And he kind of did the same thing at the NFL. There's just some guys who have a nose for the end zone. And, you know, the the back and forth, the rumor was, oh, they want to give him a McCaffrey-esque workload. And then they still get McKissick involved. But he's a very good receiver. I mean, that's what he did in college. I have him at six, and I feel like I'm way low on him. I, I wouldn't be opposed to bumping him up at three, even ahead of Kamara. I've had him there in other when I've redone my rankings before. So I think Gibson is the one who takes a huge step. I wouldn't be shocked a year from now if in dynasty leagues, he's not a top three running back pick. Wow. There you So you heard it here first. Everyone sell, get get in the Gibson bandwagon while you can. Yes. Well, actually I was going to ask you to mute that because that was my plan all along for a couple of weeks. So <laughs> <laughs> that's out the window now. <laughs> Um, yeah, all right, before we get the worst this- part about writing and doing fantasy stuff is, you know, to, to you try to be honest, you don't hold on to any information. But yeah, you, you give all this shit away. And then, you know, you go to I'll go to a league tomorrow and try to trade for Gibson. They're like, I know how much you like him. You're like, yeah. <laughs> That's not fair to me just because, you know, I like the guy. So um, that's what that was what I was about to say about Cousin Javi. Cousin Javi, he's he's, he's part of the show. He's been on a bunch I sent him a, a text saying like, hey, do you have any questions for John Davari? And he's like, not really, because I don't want to give away what I'm thinking. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> yeah. thanks, John. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's, it's an awful tightrope, but it's fun. I mean, a lot of leagues I'm in too are with, you know, guys that also write and do podcasts. And, and so they're, they're hard leagues anyway. I mean, there's no, there's no secrets in there. Everybody kind of knows who everybody likes and. Um, before the fantasy question here from from Peter, any other guy you're high on this year, running back? Um, not not like unusually. N- nobody that's completely out of line here. I think these are my rankings are pretty close to ADP. I mean, I, I end up I'm more of a hater at my core, so I end up finding guys that I, I usually dislike more than others. But yeah, this year it's pretty chalky. Um, you could make a case for Zeke maybe being too high. I, I just don't, you know, years, years of owning Green Bay running backs when he was the coach there. It's just hard to trust them. I mean, going back to, uh, you know, Eddie Lacey and James Starks, where you get in the fantasy playoffs and like, oh, there's going to be a, a 17 carry James Starks game and giving Lacey four. Okay. So I, I've just seen it. He didn't do it last year necessarily with Zeke, but it wouldn't shock me at all if all of a sudden out of the blue Pollard gets a ton of work and Zeke you know, not a huge hit to his workload, but sees less than people want to. So he's somebody that scares me and their wide receivers are just super good. So he could, you know, there's only one football. And if they want to pass yep. to their three good wide receivers, he could be the ad man out at times. Yep. All right, Peter, what's your. So, yeah, this one, um, this is an interesting one. It says between the extra game this season and COVID still being something teams have to manage. What is your advice for league commissioners between the extra IR spots, extra IR or roster spots and the extra regular season game? Um, As far as IR and the extra game. So IR, you know, NFL is different than baseball and hockey where they don't, you know, usually you go in the injured reserve and that's it for you for the year. And then the NFL is, you know, 
adjusted the way they do it now and people can come off and on their COVID list. So in most of my leagues, we've added additional injured reserve spots and mm-hmm. some leagues we never had any. So now we've added two or three, just basically to, to rotate those COVID guys in and out. Cause they're out sometimes for just the one game. So just add a couple injured reserve spots in your leagues. And that, that kind of takes care of that. Um, as far as the extra game, the biggest problem I've seen comes with, setting up your fantasy playoffs so yeah traditionally you go what 13 weeks and 14 15 and 16 are your playoffs 17 people rest their starters so you don't even do that so now with that extra week it kind of depends how many teams you have and what your setups are in in one of my smaller just 10 team leagues we went to a two-week playoff so Regular season ends 13, 14, 15 is week one, 16, 17 is uh, the championship game week. So you can go that way. But yeah, it, it's a pretty big mess. I think the NFL created here. I mean, fantasy is a huge reason why the NFL is popular, gambling. So not that they should, you know, poll fantasy owners to see if what, if they, cause they're going to make what probably several more million dollars over yeah. their one extra game this year. But it, it, it is a, a real problem for leagues to figure out how to set up a balanced schedule with the extra week and how to do the fantasy playoffs. Our team's going to bench starters for week 17 and 18 going forward if they're already locked into a playoff spot. So it, it, it's a mess. I mean, it's kind of a work in progress. People will have to see how this year goes and, and tweak things for next year. But most of my leagues went to a 14-week season and playoffs are 15 16 and 17 cool and my last question is my question so i don't know why i even wrote wrote it down but i wrote it down how excited should the blackhawks fans be about landing mark andre fleury <laughs> oh yeah hockey um you know he's he's obviously been a great goalie for years when his first you know uh does not this year in Vegas. And then they dumped him. Um, I, I, he's still very good. I mean, his thing is he's super athletic. So he takes a lot of risks and as a result, sometimes let in some real dog shit goals. Like uh, there's a, in Vegas, there's a, he made that one big save where he jumped across the net and like Mm -hmm. there's posters all over Vegas there. They call it the save, but I've watched the save a bunch. And if he, (laughs) <laughs> if he wasn't out of the crease in the first just, place, he doesn't have to make that save. Goal. So yeah, he, he, he takes a lot of, you know, he comes out, does a lot of, you know, poke checks on guys on breakaways. He's exciting and he's fun to watch. He does let in some horrible goals though, but, but that's, that, that's the trade-off. You know what I mean? If he doesn't take those risks, he's also not as good as he is, but I haven't seen, I, I've had season tickets, so I haven't seen any drop off in his play in the years he's been here, even though he's, he's over 30 now, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's like 38. Up, yeah. I think yeah, yeah, he's, he's, up, well he's up almost there. 40. Yeah. 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 But I, I haven't seen a drop off in his play and, you know, hockey, especially a goalie. That's one of the spots, you know, we, we've seen guys play well into their older years and still be good. So I, I, I think you're, I think the Hawks are pretty happy. That's actually, yeah. We're, we were happy. We're excited. We, I mean, the rumor was that he was going to retire if he got yeah. traded. So that, I think that he, that came and went, he said he's going to play. So we're excited. And you guys got Robin Lerner, right? That was for, former, former Blackhawk. You I'll guys are him back. You want to switch? I know. <laughs> so I, you can have, you can have Lerner and I'll take Flurry. I, I kind of wanted to judge your reaction and your eye roll told the whole story is not sold on him, huh? 
I, I mean, he played for Buffalo years ago, right? When he first yeah. came into the league. He's okay. I don't think he's as good as some people do. I mean, when the, because I still like the Hawks. You know, I grew up a Hawks fan and they're still my first team. So I still like the Hawks better than uh, Vegas. But yeah, when, when the Hawks got Leonard, I wasn't excited. When Vegas got Leonard, I'm not excited. And then they gave him that big contract. They, the, Vegas had tons of money tied up just in Leonard and Flurry, which was nuts. I mean, I, but I don't think he makes the team better than Flurry wow. did. No, I, yeah, I don't think so either. And yeah, that was one of the reasons you guys traded. You had to trade somebody because you guys were kind of tied up pretty well, bad. Should, I mean, they should have done it last year. And they ended up, you know, the talk was that Leonard was going to be the guy and then Flurry was going to get kind of pushed aside. And then Flurry had his best season ever. Which yeah. then makes you go shit. Maybe we should get rid of Leonard, but they didn't. Oh, so ap- well, apologies to everybody that had <laughs> fantasy football questions, but I had to toss in some hockey in there. Yeah, but um, John, we really appreciate you coming on here and giving us your pre-draft rankings and answering the questions. And I hope everyone listening, you know, took some knowledge here, and hopefully you'll all go out there and make some good draft decisions and win your leagues this year. So, John, thank you very much. No, cool. Thank you for having me. I had a fun time. Uh, yeah, you can see all my writing at Dynasty League Football. Um, check out my podcast, The Fantasy 40. And uh, kind of announcement we're going to do tomorrow. We are uh, going to be part of Expand the Box Score. So that's a, a website similar to um, Pro Football Focus and other data-driven sites. But we're kind of going underneath their umbrella with the um, podcast. So it, it's much cheaper than PFF. So if anybody is into stats and wants to crunch numbers ahead of any of their drafts, um, you can go to expand the box store and actually use promo code 40 and you'll get a little discount on uh, membership there. Yes. Well, that's and exciting. Make- I just start, I just started listening, like I said, to the fantasy 40 this week and you guys kind of teased a little yeah. bit of news. So we're, we're kind of breaking news over here. Yes. Love it. And everyone listening, make sure you go follow uh, John here at Dabari 22 on Twitter. Uh, he'll have all the good news for you that you're looking for throughout the season. So get, make sure you, you can all the shameless plugs you want now, John, the, no, that was it. I had DLF, Fantasy 40, and expand the box score. That's, that was All my right. close, close with a whimper. <laughs> no, we appreciate it. John, thank you very much. And thank hopefully you, we'll catch you down the rest of the season for some more fantasy talk. Awesome. Good luck, guys. Yeah, send me screenshots of uh, any drafts you have. Let me see, and I'll, I'll critique. <laughs> for sure. All right, and thank you to... John Dabari for all of that wonderful information and pre-draft rankings. I hope everybody who listened is ready for their drafts coming up this week, next week. Hopefully you guys took some of his advice, win your fantasy league, because that's what we're going to be here for. And hopefully we'll be getting John to give us some sit and starts uh, this season as well, because that's what everyone matters. That's what everyone wants to hear every week is playing the matchups. So, um, all right, we're going to close up the fantasy football spectacular with our what a bums and MVBs of the week. Um, so it's going to be me and Baloney today. So, Peter, hit us off with your what a bum. What a bum. My bum of the week is none other than Bill's number 59, Andre Smith. Um, you guys Ooh. saw my tweet. Everybody saw that. Ooh. I mean, he took that. It was a clean shot, but I wanted that guy arrested. I, I, I tweeted it out. I needed Lori Lightfoot and Kim. Fox to get off their ass, charge this guy with something criminal negligence, assault and battery, attempted manslaughter, <laughs> man, man, yeah, attempted manslaughter. <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, you can't let that guy leave Chicago. Like I thought throw him in 26 in California. Um, yeah, man, we talked about it when we talked about the bears, but my heart sank when, when that hit happened, my, my wife is not a bears fan. And even she yelled out like, Oh my God, it was just, you don't want to see your blue chip quarterback, your star, your, you know, like this early in the season get lit up like that. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, it's not- helmet the helmet and took his helmet off too. It like, was just, I was, I did I that, had con- that had concussion written all over it, man. I know it's my, my heart sank. My, I held my, I lost my breath there for a second. It luckily the kid kid's tough, you know? Yeah. He, he bounced he right back. In, he's yeah. He stayed in the game. Didn't have to come out for and do the blue tent or anything like that. So yeah. So Andre Smith, take it easy, man. You're my, you're my bum of the week. And then my MVB. Um, I mean, what more can we say? Jason James, AEW, Tony Khan, and That's especially right. CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. CM Punk. I'm still riding a high that I don't think I I can't remember. I don't want to say sporting event, but it was basically a sporting event. And I tweeted out like I've been to concerts at the United Center. I've been to playoff games at the United Center. I've been to Bulls and Hawks games when it mattered. And I don't remember a crowd that lit up, that electric when Cult of Personality hit and CM Punk. Punk made his return to wrestling after seven years. Um, we talked about Justin Fields being the second city savior, but realistically, in wrestling terms, that's CM Punk, man. He's been the son of Chicago for all of his career, and that place was rocking. I lost my voice for a little while, and I told Johnny 20 minutes in when he made that return, I was winded. I was so tired of just yelling, screaming, cheering, clapping. It was an unbelievable moment and one of those moments that we just haven't had as wrestling fans in a long, long time. We complain about WWE and Vince McMahon and how he's outdated and out of touch and stuff like that. And everything that Vince McMahon isn't, Tony Khan is, man. He listens to the fans. He does things right. He, he promised and he delivered. And that usually doesn't happen. So kudos to everyone involved, especially CM Punk, man. We love him. And yep. I'm excited. I'm excited for where it goes. Like they talked about him. He's not here part-time. He'll be here for the long haul. And I'm excited because he's been and is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So. Yeah, correct. Correct. That was definitely a once in a lifetime moment. And I'm happy to say that I was there and got to see his return. There were, like I told you when we were driving home from United center, how many times over the past seven years were we teased by his return WWE and every time he was, there was a show in Chicago, we go in hopes that he'd make a surprise return and potentially new contract he signed and nothing ever happened. And we were all kind of jaded and Tony Khan pulled yeah. through, man. He delivered. He Yeah. And they talked about him like uh, starting this whole process, even like a year and a half ago that Tony Khan went to him and asked him if he wants to return. And he, CM Punk talked about him needed to be wined and dined and stuff like that. And the main thing was that he wanted to do it right. And he didn't want to come back uh, when there's no fans. And that was such the right call because yep. that was a moment that's going to live on as, as wrestling fans, that moment's going to live on for years and years and years. Yep. Such a great moment. All right. Um, my, what a bum for the week. And if you heard the news, you might be a little shocked as, as I was. My what a bum is OnlyFans. <laughs> Apparently, they don't like making money. I mean, they they had the platform, 
and they were raking in dough, but they folded to the investors. And if you haven't heard, they are banning all adult content on OnlyFans. So maybe you have to pour out a 40 for all the all the ladies out there who won't be able to charge $9.95 a month for whatever it is they do on OnlyFans. Um, but I, I never heard of a company that just decides, yeah, we don't want to make money anymore. Let's just let's just change our business model. Cause imagine like Subway not wanting to sell sandwiches. It's like, <laughs> what what are you guys yeah. thinking, man? Because yeah, you know, I know they try to market it as like, oh, if you're an independent artist, you can like upload, you can play your own music and doing this. No one's going to OnlyFans to listen to you play guitar there. So it they're going for the titties, they're going for whatever the googly moogly's and not no more. They, nope. they got one month. You got <laughs> you one got, month to get ladies, your rocks you got, off. Yeah, ra- ladies, you got one month. The thing I never understood about OnlyFans though is like, do guys not know that Pornhub exists? There's, there's a whole lot of internet, not just that site. <laughs> because you know, I I have no desire to pay. 10, 20, whatever the ladies are charging out there. I have no desire to pay that when you could just go doop, 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 doop. Oh, look at all the free porn there that's in my face right now. I like to keep my money. Thank you very much. I will but, say now that now that OnlyFans is going legitimate, now might be the time where Chicago sports bums can only be found <laughs> on OnlyFans. Listen to the bum cast, OnlyFans.com. We're going we're gonna to get a whole different demographic expecting bums <laughs> no not those kind of bums <laughs> yeah. yeah all right so only fans is my what a bum but if someone's going to come up and fill that vacuum for sure there's, there's going to be a new a site that pops up so and my uh mvb my most valued bum of the week is pretty spears she okay. she finally got freed and then she took that free Britney literally and just started posting a whole bunch of topless pictures of her on Instagram. And thank you, Britney. You've finally got freed literally and figuratively. And don't stop showing the topless pictures on Instagram. <laughs> 13-year-old Jason. If only a 13-year-old <laughs> Jason was around now. Yeah, yeah man. Oh, what, a great, what a crazy saga that was. I mean, if we're doing the bums and stuff like that. Britney Spears' dad, all-time bum of the week. Like, yeah. realistically, you're just a shitbag human. So, yeah, yeah, good for Britney. She's been free. Yeah, so she 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 let him fly as soon as uh, she got free there, and I appreciate that. So you're my MVB, Britney Spears. Keep keep doing you, girl, for you still look good after, after 25 years later. I think I remember when, when she came out with 97 or something like that. So keep doing yeah, you. TR, TRL days. <sighs> yeah. Makes me be, think I'm a sophomore in high school again all right well that wraps up our fantasy football spectacular edition of the Bumcast. once again special thanks to our special guest john debari for giving us all his pre-ranking uh breakdowns and everything like that uh we will be back next week for another edition talks more fantasy probably and hopefully the socks will have some good we didn't talk socks today because they kind of had a shit weekend uh yeah, in, we definitely have some Bay. things to say about the White Sox. Hopefully they turn around yeah. this so week. They gotta, if they not, we'll be complaining. Yeah, they got a series this week against uh, against Tampa Bay, and then they got the Cubs. I'm sorry, uh, Toronto, and then the Cubs. So hopefully next week we'll have some good, some good news to talk about the Sox, but not a good weekend. But anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for subscribing, and we'll be back next week for you.
Good night, Javi. Bye, Javi. <laughs>